If you were a child of the 80s like me, you pretty much had your nights planned by what sitcom was coming on at night, whether it was the Cosby Show, whether it was the A-Team, which I know is a sitcom, but you know what I mean. Back in the 80s, the mid-80s, there was Thursday nights was always the best night. Family Ties, Cosby Show, Night Court, Cheers. There was also on NBC a show that started out called Valerie, which later went on to become the Hogan family, and was one of my favorite shows. It had the classic song. I think Roberta Flack ended up singing the, the song. But with us tonight on the fly is one of the stars of that show, Mr. Jeremy Lick. He played Mark Hogan, one of the twins, along with Danny Ponce, was his brother, and his older brother was Jason Bateman. We have him on tonight. We talk about some of his early roles. He was a star of the Twilight Zone movie. We talk about a movie he did with the great John Ritter, and we get a little bit of trivia on that. We get we're gonna something I didn't know. We'll talk about that with him. Of course, we talk about his time on the show Valerie. We talk about the cast: Valerie Harper, Jason Bateman, Josh Taylor, Sandy Duncan, and his good friend Danny Ponce. We talk about how close they have remained over the years. Some memorable episodes. The only episode he didn't make, and a lot of people have said it was because of the controversy of that episode, but we set the story straight tonight. We also talk about a new venture he's in. He's directing a new show. It's a little different called Here There. It's a sitcom. It takes the old sitcom form, but he's doing it on Zoom. You know, with COVID going around, he does it on Zoom. Check it out. I've put the website up, heretothertv.com. You want to check it out, they'll be dropping episodes there. Guys, I can't tell you how excited I was about this, and that's why this intro is going a little bit long, but enjoy this interview. Like I said, TV star, and we talked about how he was a teen heartthrob back then, so... Get that straight. Mr. Jeremy Licht. Hi guys, back in the days of the great sitcoms, I'm talking about, you know, Family Ties, the Cosby shows, sitcoms that you planned your night by, you know, you had a, a Monday night schedule, a Tuesday night schedule, a Thursday night schedule, of course, that was a great sitcom night, this was one of the key shows, one of my favorite sitcoms, uh, lasted from 86 to 91, I'm talking about Valerie, which went on to be Valerie's family, or the Hogan family in, in later years, but with me tonight is one of the main characters, one of the stars of that show. He played Mark, one of the twins on that show. With me tonight is Mr. Jeremy Licht. Welcome to the show, Mr. Licht. How are you doing, sir? I am doing great, Steve. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's such a great honor to have you here. One of the big stars. I mean, you guys were on NBC, and then you went to CBS, but one of the big stars back then, and I guess one of the teen heartthrobs back then as well. 
<laughs> is is what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you there. You were one of the, I guess you were one of the keen heartthrobs back in the uh, late 80s as well, huh? Uh, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to say that, but apparently looking back, uh, I guess you could say that to a certain degree. Yeah. Although my kids might disagree and they say, <laughs> oh my gosh, who is that long-haired girl in that picture? I'd say, well, that's your father. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's that's uh, that's me. Yeah, the I had the long hair. Well, I think you're a, a few years ahead of me, but I had the long hair as well, and I still still catch the devil from my daughter and and some of the guys I coach on the football team love to kid about that, which I think it's coming back in style now. From what what some of these kids you know, are wearing, I think I think everything. I was gonna say I think everything uh, comes around. You know, gets out of style, and then all of a sudden it's back in style, and. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to necessarily grow that again. I don't think I will do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what is it? Uh, business in the front, party in the back. That's Not right. Back. That's so, right. So, yeah. so yeah. tell us a little bit. You started acting at the age of five. What what got you started into acting? So I, I had a cousin of mine, and a good friend of mine is exactly my age, and she started working pretty regularly uh, as, as a kid, and, her mom would say to my mom, hey, you know, why don't you give Jeremy a shot in this? And uh, my mom said, well, I don't know. He's, you know, I don't know that he's going to follow directions really well. And there's a lot of lines to learn. And all. I said, why don't you just try it? You can always take him out of it. It's not like a long-term commitment here. And so my mom, you know, agreed to it because really it's a huge responsibility on the parent. Because as much as it is on the kid, you, know, you have to be driving, you know, the parent has to be driving you around. And sometimes there's an audition at 5 o'clock in the evening, a half hour away, and that's going to disrupt dinner. And, you know, we, I come from a pretty nuclear family. Uh, it's my mom and dad, and I have a brother. So, you know, the, the concern was really the disruption. Could this cause a big disruption in what, what's a pretty normal, regular family? And so we started out, and, and then there was auditions, and I would book. Back in the day, there was print. Right? Well, there's still print, but, you know, in a catalog. There aren't that many yeah. catalogs nowadays, but back in the day, you'd get in the mail these catalogs from Sears or whatever all of the other, you know, big national chains were. And so I would do things like that, modeling, modeling uh, clothing and things like that. From there, I would go get into um, uh, commercials. There would, be, there would be national commercials and things like that uh, for various chains, McDonald's, and, and, and things like that. Um, and then all of a sudden, I would book something like a movie of the week. Yeah. Um, a movie of the week, which in the 70s and 80s, ABC, NBC, CBS would have these uh, sometimes heavy-handed movies about uh, drug abuse or drinking and driving or a divorced family and the impact that it had on them. And I was always the, kind of the cute younger kid in that. <laughs> And as things rolled along, I ended up booking um, a, a, a feature film in 1982 called Twilight Zone, yep. the movie. Um, and that was really my first, I'll say, big break in terms of the, in terms of the things that I was booking. And, um, you know, that brought, I want to say, more notoriety than, than anything else. Um, and shortly thereafter, I ended up auditioning for, at the time, it was called Valerie, which was uh, a pilot for a TV show. Uh, really didn't know much about it. And, uh, and from there, kind of the rest is history. Yeah. Um, and, and things just kind of took off from there. And then I was busy for the next, like, five and a half years of my life. 
kind yeah. of all through my all through my teens were I grew up on TV like that. Now, before you got your big break in Twilight Zone, you had some some movies with some pretty pretty big stars in it at the time. Uh, one called The Comeback Kid with John Ritter. That's right. Uh, how was it working oh, yeah. with with such a legend like John Ritter? It was a me. I think it was like my third or fourth uh, 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 movie that I had done, and it was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, and I've been so blessed. And I sometimes look on IMDb mm-hmm. at the stuff that I had done, and the people that played my parents were just. I mean the the big ones of the time, and John Ritter was one of the nicest people I have ever worked with to this day, and um, just an amazing man. Um, it was a, it was a movie about a group of kind of misfit kids on this playground, and he played this struggling baseball player, former I want to say either major league or minor league player who kept going up and down from the big leagues to to the small leagues to being cut. And in his free time, he coached these kids. And the kids really grew to depend on him and love him and care about him and all that stuff. And the drama there. That, but it was, it was fair, I'll say fairly light. And, um, but he was incredible to work with. One of the other kids on him was Kim Fields. Uh, Kim oh, yeah. later played Tootie on, uh, on Facts of Life. And, um, and Doug McKeon played my older brother. He ended up on, in a film called On Golden Pond. Yep. Uh, with Henry Fonda. Um, so it was really an amazing group of people. We had a, a great time doing it. And um, I loved working with John. And, and I will tell you that that um, the loss of him was one that hit really hard. Yes, it is. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you a very interesting irony about John Ritter. Um, so the guy that played my brother, Danny Ponty, on Hogan's Family, mm-hmm. ended up working with John Ritter in one of his last films, uh, a really amazing film. And Danny's brother, little known fact, was a kid named Michael Oliver. Well, Michael Oliver was the red-headed problem child. Wow, I did not know that. I did not yeah, know that. Was his brother. So, yeah, kind of a cool thing, and we were sitting one night, we were talking about that, and, I mean, we all had different experiences working with him, but it was just ironic that the three of us had all worked with him. Uh, and Danny had actually done, I want to, it was either the project or the second to last project before um, he died, which I believe was, was either on set or in the hospital when he was doing um, Eight Simple Rules. Right. And um, really such a loss, such a good, not just an amazing uh, actor, and in fact, the, the project that Danny did with him was very dramatic. It was not a comedy at all. It was a very dramatic film, um, and but 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 a comic genius. I mean, he did yeah. physical comedy as good as anybody did, and made it look so effortless. Right? Yeah, he, physical comedy is can be, can be very exhausting and painful. He, um, but he did it with such grace and it was so funny. Um, truly a loss. Really, yeah. really a big loss. And he was, you know, way, way, way too young. Uh, yeah, something definitely. like that to happen. Definitely. So. Well, that's, I love, see, I love doing these interviews and find out something I didn't know. I had, had no idea that was Danny Ponce's brother. Wow, that's, that's, that's there you go. So the next time you're doing trivia, you stump them with that one. I got I'm you. I got you. That's all yours. I got you. So, okay. 
And also another, you you know, you talk about you did that movie Lots of Luck, and that Funicello was on there. Uh, of course, that was she was yeah. big at the time. Uh, and yeah, you you had you've had a chance to work with some some big big names as, as your parents, like you just said. And tell me, Agreed. tell me Agreed. something about very, very fortunate. Yeah, very fortunate. Tell me something. How did the? I mean, what kind of process was it? Getting the getting the uh, job on the Twilight Zone. So that's a really interesting story. Um, so the Twilight Zone, for those who haven't seen it, uh, was really four separate half-hour segments yeah. combined as one film, right? And the the one that I was in was the third segment, and and they were not necessarily filmed in order, um, but we had our own crew. In other words, each segment had its own crew. So I went on a couple of auditions, just, you know, regular auditions for the role. And, you know, you go on two or three auditions. I knew it was a big film. I knew it was also that Steven Spielberg was attached. Mm-hmm. And he was coming off of E.T., yeah. which you may remember as a slightly gigantic film. Yeah, just a little bit. And <laughs> so just a little. I knew it would kind of do well. So it's all, you know, he's attached to it, and, and I'm not sure what capacity. But, and then, like everybody else, we heard on the news about this horrendous accident that happened while they were filming Twilight Zone, where Vic Morrow and two children were killed on set. Major accident, obviously a major issue. And my agent said, okay, they're they're shutting it down. And we figured, okay, they're done. I mean, it's, it's tough to recover for film to recover from that. Yeah. And things played out, and that was kind of like, that was kind of the end of it there. And then I don't, I can't remember how long it was, six months, eight months, a year later, you get a call from my agent. They want you to go back in and audition. I said, oh my God, I didn't realize the project was back on. Yep, project is back on and they need you to audition. Well, okay, great. Got back in the same clothes I had been in before, went in an audition and sitting in the audition is Joe Dante, who is the director, right? Uh, who I had met before. And Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and I had worked with some decently big people before, but I was absolutely starstruck and awestruck. I can imagine. Spielberg in, in the audition. And I read it, I went through it, we talked about it, and that was that. And I, and I ended up booking it. And that's, that's I will awesome. tell you that it was another one. So much fun to do. Obviously, it was a very intense... Um, not even working environment, but you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of tension in that episode. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there's a lot of oh, tension yeah. in the episode. Yeah, but it was a very light set. Um, the only thing I would say about that set that was different than anything else is there was a lot of number one, a lot of security, and a lot of people making sure that everybody was doing the right thing because, frankly, that movie could not afford to have anybody even slip and fall no. because they had obviously had some issues before. So safety was paramount, and it was um, it was amazing. And I mean, working with Kathleen Quinlan and and William Shower and all the people that were involved, Kevin McCarthy, uh, not to mention Joe Dante and Steven Spielberg. It was it was really an amazing, amazing experience, and um, it just felt like a big whirlwind going on because of the frenetic energy. Uh, that was going on, and yet my character was largely unaffected, right, in terms of characters, largely unaffected by 
what was going on because it was his world. So right. it was a lot of fun to do that. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, it's also interesting being, because it all takes place in one day, being in the same wardrobe for three months. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, <there's nothing laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's so true. It, made, it made wardrobe changes very, very easy. Uh, in that in that particular sense, <laughs> so no, a lot, it was a lot of fun. A yeah, lot so of fun. you did a few sitcoms, little little parts in, in sitcoms like Hotel, uh, Saint Elsewhere. And then you had a, a, a part in a short-lived one called Bay City Blues. And then did did that kind of set up things for for an audition for Valerie? Yeah, I don't know if it set it up as much as that was what was going on at the time, and um, there was a lot of I mean, not nearly what there is today, but there was a lot of content on TV. Right. Um, it's funny, I you know, people say, what do you remember about doing uh, Staying Elsewhere? Well, I think it was a series that ran nine or ten seasons. I was in the first, I was in the first season and, like, the fourth episode, and I died. So not being able to audition <laughs> for that show for the next nine years was kind of a bummer uh, <laughs> because they don't normally bring you back once yeah. you've croaked. But, um but otherwise, it was it was great, and 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 I really enjoyed doing that. Was that was an hour long, right? It was there was no audience there. Um, I did an episode back in the day of Angie, which was my first experience. Oh yeah, with like a three Angie. camera show. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a three camera show like that. Um, get some people to come. Um, it was great, but I will tell you that there was very little that could prepare me for um, for what I experienced when when I booked uh, Valerie which would become the Hogan family. Right, sir. Um, it was a completely different type of thing. It was a new, it's the same character, but a new, completely new script every week. Um, the work, you know, the work was amazing, and working with those people was incredible. Right. Um, so it was just a, it was just very different than anything I experienced. Um, and, and I was also older, right? I was also older when, when I did it, so there was a different, Kind of a different level to it, right? So, did you feel pretty good about the audition when you did that? I mean, did you feel like, yeah, I think I got this part, or or did were you? What, what were your feelings after you did the audition for that? So, this was the longest audition experience that I ha have had ever. Um, so, I went on two auditions for this. Now, we were just auditioning for a pilot, and. For those who don't know what a pilot is, a pilot is, is the first episode of a show that sort of establishes who the characters are, right? Normally, um, in my opinion, pilots are not typically very good. Yeah. If you go back and look <laughs> at the pilot episodes for most big shows, they're okay at best because there hasn't been time to develop the characters, right? It's like you all of a sudden are in someone's kitchen, and now you've got to go, okay, what's their deal? What's their relationship with other people? Where are they? And what's their motivation? It's that, like you just plopped in somewhere. Whereas two, three seasons in, now you know these people. They're your friends. You know their capacity. You know their nervous tics. You know all that. But so I auditioned for the pilot, and I went back for a callback. And those were both feeling pretty good, right? Right. Well, the, on the third audition, I got paired up with Danny Ponzi. <laughs> uh, who they had us uh, paired up as fraternal twins. I'd never met Danny before. Um, I, I mean, I liked him. I didn't really know him at all. Uh, all I knew is he's going to play kind of the, uh, the firecracker, right, the, the wild kid, and, and I'm going to play the straight nerdy guy. Like, that's about as far as 
the development was. Um, and we got paired up together, and we went on an audition together. They wanted to see how we reacted together, and it went fine. We got called back again, and I knew this was getting closer because there were a lot more people in the room. Uh, there were the executives in the room. There were people from NBC in the room. It was, think of a, whatever you would imagine as like a large conference table, a big, long conference table, uh, with he and I at one end, and then probably 12 to 15 people there. And they just wanted to talk to us. They did not even want us to read. And I will never forget this, that he brought in with him uh, a boombox. Now, for those of you youngins, that, nobody a <laughs> is what you would, if you were going to go to the beach or something and you wanted portable music, right? It might have a CD player, depending on the time, or a tape deck or whatever. But you could blast your music. You'd put, I don't know, 100 batteries into it, and, and you could <laughs> play your music, right? So he brought this thing in. I thought, what is this guy going to do? Like, I don't even know what he's going to do. And we got in there. We were talking, and he and I were bantering back and forth. And... So they said to him, they go, what did you bring this in for? And he goes, hold on a second. And he hits play, and he starts breakdancing. Well, this is 1984, and <coughs> breakdancing was oh, yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. it was, you know, any movie you see from the early 80s about breakdancing, this is what he was doing, okay? <laughs> I'm not a breakdancer. I'm just not. I can do other things, can't breakdance. Okay, despite our opening credits having me break dance with I remember that. From back in the day. Oh, God. God help us all. Okay, so he does his break dancing thing. He kills it. Absolutely floors it. So it's over. He sits down. He gets a huge applause from every other NBC. And they go, so what can you do? They look at me. And I go, well, I can't top that. And that was all I said. That was all I said. And they laughed. And they cracked them up, and we talked for a bit more, and that was kind of it. And I believe it was not long after that that we ended up getting an offer, and we accepted it, and we were hired as brothers. Wow. And I had no idea, besides Valerie Harper, I had no idea what, who else was in. Then we heard that Jason Bateman was going to be the older brother. Mm. And we went, wow, okay, that lends some pretty sizable credibility to this pilot because he had been on Silver Spoons with Ricky Schroeder, and then he, I don't he wasn't a spinoff, but he got spun off into his own show. Yeah, It's Your it's Move. Your move. Yeah, I, I love It's Your Move. It's Your Move, and that went, I think, one season, and I guess he had a deal with NBC or whatever it was. Well, they plunked him into this thing. And I went, okay, well, NBC clearly likes him. And they want, so that's, you know, these are all positives. These are all positive things. Um, we ended up shooting the pilot. And um, when all was said and done, the pilot was not picked up by NBC. They said it was good. It's not great. We're not going to pick it up. And we were bummed. We were sad. You know, I mean, look, I like these people. But truly, we worked together a couple of weeks. We put this thing up. And that was that. I'll never forget. Uh Six, seven months later, I was at a friend's house. You know, I was still 14 years old, like playing at my friend's house, trading baseball cards or whatever we were doing. And I got a call from my mom that said, hey, uh, your agent just called you. They picked up Valerie as what they call a mid-season replacement, which means that they started the season out with this set of shows. 
but this particular, whatever that particular show was, isn't doing well. We're going to pull it out of rotation, and we're going to plunk Valerie in. So you're going to shoot, I think it was like six or seven episodes. Right. Well, I was over the moon. Right? Oh, my gosh, we get to do this. And, <laughs> and we did. And we went back to work, and we shot it, and then we got picked up for another season. Um, and we ended up doing 110 shows yep. when all was said and done. Uh, I was in 109 of them. I was sick as a dog for one of them and didn't make it in. It's actually kind of a funny story. If I bounce around, I'll tell you about that one episode. I, I know fantastic. which one you're talking just, about. You do? Yeah, it's the, bad, the bad timing episode, right? That's it. You got it exactly. <laughs> you got it. That's exactly what it was. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of the research I did is 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 uh, talking about you weren't in that episode, and they and they're always saying maybe it was because of the content of that episode. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you said that straight. I'll tell you a funny. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a funny story about that episode. Okay, so first of all, um, uh, I, I would absolutely do anything, and I love doing that show. Okay. I happen to have had that week, they usually pair Danny and I together with some sort of mischief, right? Yeah. That particular week, we had a very light um, schedule. In other words, whatever it was, was not really involved in us. We would rehearse Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we would shoot it Friday in front of an audience. By Friday, I was so sick. I had a fever. I was, and, and, I, and, and listen, we shot, we filmed with all kinds of right because the show must go on right. and i had called in and talked to my parents had called in or whatever it was and spoke to the director and talked to the producers and they said honestly we can feed it put his lines with danny it doesn't exactly move the script forward right it's not like he's a major part of this don't worry about it right so i went to bed and that was it and i missed one episode well Turns out it was the one that got the most notoriety because <laughs> it happened to have been the episode that used the word condom. Yeah. Okay. Remember, remember the eighties. Use the word. Con we were the first show to use the word condom by name in history. It's another good trivia question. You yeah. Have that one too. Um, and people went, "Oh my! It's his religious beliefs, and he's not in it." No, sorry, it's not my religious beliefs. <laughs> I'm Jewish, and we believe a lot of things. But con against condoms is not one of them. And, uh, and, and that was it. I was sick. I would have loved to have been in the episode, but I was just sick and, and didn't make it in, and they didn't really care. So, um, But, yeah, we, we did 110 of them, and we had an amazing time. It was really – oh, first of all, Danny Ponzi is still one of my closest friends on the um, – he and I have been friends since then, and, um, and uh, you know, I, I love him like a brother. Our families hang out together. We're very, very close to this day. Yeah. Um, you know, we see Jason, and Josh is the guy who played our dad. Josh Taylor, the yeah. Pilot. Josh Taylor, great, amazing man. Um, he, we see him. So aside from, you know, as we're all putting sort of an asterisk next to 2020, as that didn't really count, um, <laughs> we had tried to get together once a year. Wow. As a cast. Sandy lives in New York, so it's tough for her. Right. But we all try to get together once a year, have a bite to eat, catch up, talk about our families. To be honest with you, the entertainment business doesn't really come up. It's well, really great. just about how are that's you, great. how's your family, how are your kids, just as, as, as people, right? Um, 
And yeah, we'll talk shop a little bit. Obviously, Jason has done pretty darn well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in his life, you know, he'll be big someday, as I like to say. <laughs> um, but just, just you know, as people, how are you? You know, what's going on? What's happening? Danny, I would see all the time. Again, COVID aside, um, all the time. We try to get together, honestly, every couple weeks, and uh, you know, go and have dinner, or go and have a drink, or whatever it might be. But the other guys. Uh, a little bit less so, but oh, always great to see them. And we realized we sort of caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, we really, we had a great set. We really enjoyed each other. We had an amazing crew that made us look good and sound good. Um, and uh, we, were, we were really lucky. And, and the, the interesting thing is, like, for, for most things in your life, or at least in my life, you realize in retrospect, how lucky you were. We knew how lucky we were when we were doing this. So my God, you know, we're getting paid silly money, certainly at the time, but still silly money by regular standards. Right. To do something that we love, and we get to come into work in sweatpants most days, and the other days we get somebody helps us dress. I mean, really, this is as good as it's going to get on earth, and we like each other. We crack each other up. That's, you know... We, we have a good time. We can tease. We can play. And especially in the last few years, as so much has come up, uh, whether it's the Me Too movement or Time's Up or people going back and saying, hey, you really, you know, you really wronged me here. And I take nothing away from them because I, I think that that's not only valid but important to be called out. Um, we really had such a good thing. We really had a special time. And we knew it. And we know it now. Um, and so I think that there's something even more unique about that, uh, especially, you know, in the entertainment business where you hear about people like who might put on a great show, but they can't stand each other. Yeah, you know, they don't want to be in the same room. Or they won't shoot in the same room. They won't shoot a scene together. Yeah. Um, you know, which is really a shame. So yeah. I, I, we were, that we was fortunate. Then. That was really one of my questions: how the chemistry was on the on the set. But you 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 answered that uh, pretty good there. I, I think what? Then, yeah, no, we loved it. We yeah. we loved it, and it's um, one of my favorite favorite memories. And I feel very very fortunate to have been a part of that. Now now, how nervous were you though after the you know? And we don't have to get into all that the details of that. Valerie Harper leaving and not really knowing. What was going to happen after that? Was there was there a time when you guys when it was up in the air, or did they already have somebody coming in, uh, a Sandy Duncan coming in before you guys really? You know, it was a long waiting period. So it's it's very interesting, and I'll tell you that I've actually read on Wikipedia what has been written about about our show, and it's pretty darn accurate uh, with regard to the details of how things played out. I will tell you that that as an actor. I was left completely in the dark. I never knew that there were issues. And I'm not just saying it because it's easy to say. I can tell you genuinely, I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. And, I mean, it's pretty simple when you look back at it now. She asked for a lot of money. They said no. You know, it's one of those things where you can, if you want to size it up in a package, that's kind of what it was. And she came back, and they fired her, and she sued them, and she got some money, and she was written off. But as an actor in it, with the name of the show Valerie and Valerie no longer being a part of it. Right. I thought we were done. I mean, I don't know how you're going to recover from that. You know, like being down 25 at halftime, <laughs> it's going to be tough 
to come back from that. We're going into March Madness. So I had to oh, yeah, yeah. No problem there. Um, but <laughs> but, it, but I, I thought it was going to be trouble. Uh, I, and, and I loved working with Valerie. She was a consummate professional and amazing. Um, and really kind of ran, this was the model for the show she wanted. And then things went haywire, and she wasn't brought back. And the next thing we know, we've got Sandy Duncan coming in. And I don't know her at all. None of us knew her at all. But we had been doing this for a couple of years now. And so we, as the guys, plus Edie McClurg, who played the, the crazy neighbor, Mrs. Poole. Mrs. Poole. Um, <laughs> you know, she, I got to tell you, Sandy came into, she came into a situation that could not have been easy whatsoever. Right. I mean, you know, she's coming into a show that's established. She's coming in where they killed off the main character in fairly dramatic fashion. And she came in, and I'll never forget the first table read. She sat down, introduced herself to us, and she said, you know, talked to us and said, look, I'm not trying to replace anybody. I auditioned for a job, right? I'm not trying to take over. You guys have had a good thing for a couple seasons. I just want to try to be a part of it and see if we can get this thing going. Wow. Right? And that's as good as it gets, right? You know, it's not like, oh, I'm coming in and, I'm, you know, there's a new sheriff in town. There was none of that. <laughs> And not that it, I mean, look, you, you never know, look, in any business, like if anybody out there who's listening now, all of a sudden your manager's fired and someone else is coming in, your first thought is, oh, God, right? Because I don't know what I'm getting. I know what I've had, but I don't know who this person is and what their work style is like. And it's the same thing here. And she could not have been greater. In fact, there's a very funny story that our, so it's no secret that she has, it's not a, it's not a fake eye. Right, she has a, a she has an eye that doesn't work. Right, her muscles are attached, so it's not a fake eye. There was a joke about her having a glass eye. It's not a glass eye. It is her real eye. It just doesn't work. It follows the other one, but it doesn't work. Which make which makes, and I'll tell you. So I'll tell you the story. So she says. So we're all at the table read. The whole cast and crew, everyone's there, and we're reading. And afterwards, she says, "I have a question." Sure, what's the question? Whose parking spot is it? We used to all park right next to the soundstage, right? Whose parking spot is it straight down when you drive in, straight at the end of the thing next to the stage? And I said, that's, that's actually my spot. And she said, would you mind trading with me? And I said, no. And her spot was like just to the right of it, but you had to make a right turn. Oh. I said, no, that's, that's fine. If you don't mind me asking why, she goes, my depth perception isn't very good, and I'm afraid I might push your car right through. And I said, done deal, it's not <laughs> so she never, She never took herself too seriously. Um, she just was great to work with and a lot of fun and light. So yeah. light and funny and had a mouth on her, and I say that in a good way. Like just, it was just, we, we really tightened up, to be honest with you. It became even tighter as we all kind of felt like, okay, we really survived something that could have been the death now. Exactly. Right? I mean, that could have been it. And, uh, and we survived it, and, 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 and we're grateful to all be here. Listen, we're all just trying to work. 
You know, I don't care who you are. You're just trying to work. And, and I say, you know, put food on the, you know, on the family table. It's different when you're on a sitcom, and I, and I get that. There's, there's different things there. But that was really it. Look, if you're an actor, you, you want to act. If you're a welder, you want to weld. If you're, you know, if you build skyscrapers that you want to build. So it, it's, we were very, very grateful. And uh, she's an amazing woman, and we had an amazing chemistry doing the show. And I, I think that, that that actually shows. And yeah, the work you, that we did, that we were really having a good time. I, I don't, I really, you know, that that was kind of when when the switch happened. Everybody, I think, was expecting, okay, this is going to be different. This is not going to be as good. But you guys didn't miss a beat. I mean, if, if anything, and no, no, no disrespect to Valerie Harper, but if anything, I think it got a little bit better once, once you know. Well, thank you. Yeah, it got better once. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny. Everybody, everybody's got an opinion about that. You know, I. I talk to some people to go, you know, I loved Valerie, and I stopped watching after she left. And I went, okay. And other people go, God, I loved it as you guys grew up, and you were with Sandy. And I go, okay. Look, you know, everybody's got an opinion about yeah. it, and I think it's great. And listen, that's what listen, that's what TV is, right? And that's what films are, and especially nowadays as we've all been indoors for so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we want a little bit of escapism, right? We want to check out for a half hour or an hour uh, and and not watch the news for a little bit and watch something maybe silly, maybe dramatic, maybe tragic. I mean, my wife and I, you know, we thought, oh gosh, during this COVID time, we're going to, you know, we're going to watch some, you know, some silly, some light stuff. And the next thing I know, we're watching like, you know, uh, you know, real true crime stuff. And there's really heavy <laughs> stuff. And I'm wondering why we're having nightmares. And I'm like, ah, you know, we're watching this terrible stuff. And it's absolutely not terrible content wise, but like, yeah, you, know, you can't help what you get drawn to, um, you know, end up in Netflix documentaries down the rabbit hole. So, um, you know, you just, it's just a funny thing, but uh, we love doing it. You, you know, you were mentioning, obviously, sitcoms. Yeah. That was a weird transition. No, but I want to tell you that, that, that over the last couple of years, uh, a couple of, of friends of mine had written 13 episodes of a show that really goes back to the kind of the original sitcom format. And we were just, we had cast it, and we were just about to get rolling, and COVID hit. So many people can say in so many different ways. And we finally, so we decided to actually shoot it over Zoom. And we got uh, a group of very talented actors together, um, as, as obviously the various different characters, and we filmed two episodes over Zoom. And I'm proud to say that finally we have our website up, okay. and I ended up directing it. I am not in it. My wife is in it, Danny Ponce is in it, and some other <laughs> incredibly talented people uh, are in it, and, and just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Now, we're going to be dropping episodes soon, but the website is up. Is it okay if I, if yes, I see the website? Yes, yes, yes. And get and Okay, so it's... Go ahead. You there? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm sorry. Cut yeah. For a second. Yeah, go so ahead. The website is W... It's, yeah, it's www.heretothertv.com. And there's no numbers in there. It's heretothertv.com. And you can take a look at who's in it, and uh, and I believe I don't believe the episodes dropped yet because we're just finished cutting them together. 
but it's a really it's a light show with with uh, a lot of heart. Basically, I'll give you a little a little teaser. It's about so between Seattle and right off of Seattle, twenty two minutes away, uh, it's called Bainbridge Island. It's a small island, right? And a lot of people work there. And there's a ferry boat, in fact, a series of ferry boats that go back and forth between Seattle and Bainbridge, mostly bringing the people from Bainbridge into Seattle to work for the day, and then they hop back on the boat and they go back across. And the series is about the people that not only work on the ship, but the passengers that take the journey. And it's lighthearted. It's a lot of fun. We've got some really talented people there. And uh, we've only shot two of them because that's kind of the teaser that we're doing right now to see if people want to see more of them. But I will tell you that it was, it's the first time that I've directed anything, I'll say, professionally. And it was so much fun. Uh, I will say that shooting actors at their homes via Zoom <laughs> uh, presented challenges that I've never had before. Yeah. Uh, and getting the performances and things like that. But it was really amazing. And, uh, and and just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, if people out there like it, then we'll, we'll do more of it. But uh, well, I'm just really excited that we were actually able to get this thing, uh, get this thing going uh, during this crazy last year that we had. Yeah, and, I, and if we will have that on the, uh, on the Facebook page. We'll have the links up there. I've, I've got to check this out, not just because of the sitcom thing, which I'm a big fan of, and we, and we talked a little bit before we started the interview about, you know, sitcoms to, to what it was back in the day doesn't exist anymore. Um, the days of, like, That's Family right. Ties, uh, your show, uh, your Cosby show, and, and, and so many others that, that you saw, it, it's pretty non-existent now except for a few here and there that's what what i miss about it and you tell you were talking about watching you know you want to watch some upbeat stuff to try to get you in a better mood it's really not a lot of it out there i mean i i do like tim allen last man standing that's a good one uh there, there's there's a sure. couple there's a couple that i watch but it's it's just not it's just not like you know, i can go down a rabbit hole and watch you know like I like I told you before the interview started, I've been in a, in a Valerie or Hogan family rabbit hole this afternoon, and, and I've loved it. Uh, so we're we're gonna plug that. We'll have that on on the uh, Facebook page and on my Twitter. We'll have all that up there, and and, and any updates uh, you can send me, please do. But I got before I let you go. Before we let you go, I know I've taken a lot of your time. I gotta ask you this. Favorite, if you had to pick out a favorite episode that you did while filming the Hogan family or Valerie, what do you say your favorite episode was? Oh, gosh. So we're going back now. I, I just turned 50, if you can believe that. And so <laughs> I started when I was 14. So we're going back a bit of ways, for those of you who are math majors. We're going back a ways. And a lot of these episodes merge into one really long episode. But I remember specifically for me, there was one episode, I could not tell you when, when my character, Mark, went from super nerdy to kind of punk-ish. Uh, they spiked up my hair. I had long hair at the time. They spiked up my hair into like a mohawk. Uh, I had like this earring in and glasses, leather, and uh, he was just kind of a punk and decided, you know, enough tired of being pushed around and 
And it was a lot of fun, and, and it was simply, it was a lot of fun because it was so different, right? My character had always been really, really straight and neurotic and that kind of a thing, and, and they let him out of his cage, if you will, right? They, 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 were, they liked doing that, right? So that was a lot of fun. I couldn't tell you much more about the episode simply because I don't remember. Right. Um, but, you know, I was also really lucky. Like I said, most of my work was with Danny, and, oh, like, yeah. if you hung out with the two of us now, we just fall back into it. Like, we're just brothers. <laughs> uh, so I was so lucky to work with him and Jason and Josh and Sandy and Valerie. And all, I mean, and Edie, Steve, all of them. Um, that, I mean, if I, that would probably be my favorite just because it was different for my character. And as an actor, I got to stretch a little bit. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I, I got to tell you, this interview was... Also a lot of fun. And, Steve, I thank you so much for your willingness to have me on. Oh, man. And, uh, thank you and for agreeing to do it. I know, I know over the last, you've been sort of uh, trying to contact me for, you probably know, I, at least probably six months. And I pushed you off because I was trying oh, to get here to there a little bit further. And I appreciate not only your persistence, but your understanding oh, that, no. um, that just, like, it's nuts. We all know that. We're all, listen, well, I got to tell you, we're all kind of in the same boat here. Yeah, um, and that is that is a, an unintended pun, but we really are kind of just, and especially right now. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but uh, we're right now we're actually St. Patrick's Day today, so happy yep. St. Patrick's yep. Day to you. Um, that you know, I think the whole thing without getting preachy is just stay safe and and be smart. Uh, and I know we will get through this uh, this crazy time together. Yeah, and, and again, it, I thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much, and like I said, you know, I, I understood totally because we we had a we had a couple of times we were trying to narrow dates down, but something would come up, and like I told you, I understand. I'm just I'm just really grateful to you for agreeing to do this because uh, you know it, it. People say I'm stuck in the '80s a lot. I've got another podcast friend that said you need to really get your head out of the '80s. The '80s was one of my favorite times. You know, growing up, that was the big thing for me. The '80s. I, I wish I could go back to the '80s sometime. But thank you so much, Mr. Lick, for for doing this. Uh, uh, and I look forward to seeing these episodes. Like I said, guys, www.heretothertv.com. I'll have that on my Facebook and my Twitter. Check it out when the episode drops. Check it out just to see what's going on. I'm getting ready to check it out as soon as we get off the phone right now. But uh. You got it, and also to your fans out there, if they want to uh, uh, contact me through Facebook, feel free. Uh, I've had the same picture up with me with a yellow background for, I don't know, 15 years. <laughs> I'm still just as devilishly handsome as I was there, just a few pounds heavier. So, yeah. uh, so feel free to say hi there. And again, I, I thank you, and I wish you all good health and, uh, and good luck with everything going forward, and, and hopefully we can catch up again soon. All right. Thank you so much. That's that's uh, Danny Lick. Jeremy Lick. Excuse me. I'm calling you Danny Ponce. You, you're talking about Danny Ponce. Right. Jeremy that's Lick. Right. On, on the fly. 